Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Welcome to Kingdom Stories. Nathaniel here. Tonight I interview a mighty man of God, uh, Mark Godfrey, who leads Beyond here in Western Australia. This uh, amazing ministry influences leaders, influences churches, influences kingdom people in the marketplace. Um, he's very prophetic. The movement that he brings about is also prophetic, not only for the church, but out there in uh, where life really happens. Uh, we are so privileged to have Mark with us tonight. He's a father, he's a husband, and he has three beautiful children. They live here in Perth. And uh, yeah, just joy. Mark, welcome to Kingdom Stories. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to chatting and discussing what's going on in the my world. And Yeah. So, yeah, it's good to be here, mate. How are you handling the cold change in weather in Perth? I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie, I'd rather stay in bed in cold weather like this but I think a lot of people would um, so rugging up is important it it's, feels like it's been a long time coming the cold weather so but um, it's finally how uh, unacclimatized we are oh yeah it's just, we yeah. just love summer I mean my kid my four year old yeah. he um, when it started raining uh, in autumn yeah. he was at school at kindy and <laughs> he started crying you know, because <laughs> he has a suit rating for the last six months. <laughs> Can't go out. Yeah, Can't so go out. it was like a shock for him, you know. <laughs> well, he's only five, so. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it just hits you, doesn't it? Oh, mate, it was very cold today. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I felt it today more than more than, more than than the other days, so. but The rain and everything. Yeah, nah, give me the summer any day, mate. <laughs> summer or spring, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, winter, yeah, no, nah, I could take it or leave it. What are your kids doing at the moment? Kids, uh, so my daughter's actually studying at the moment. She's studying law at UWA. Oh, well done. Uh, so she started this year. First is, year. Mm, so she's, she's enjoying that, but also realising what it looks like for it's real. challenging, yeah. Yeah, it's a, and, it, and she chose a, a very big, big area to, to wade into. Um, so my other son, he's 14, so he's still at school, but enjoying music and the the 11 year old is uh, just living life and loving life and you know <laughs> ignoring everything yeah, else pretty much pretty much yeah. and uh, he's just got himself a new nintendo switch out of his own money which he saved up which is good how did he save it up oh just from birthdays and other other jobs around is it common in the family to give the money as gifts now uh, it, well it, it seems to be i don't know whether it's just my family but well, the kids prefer that because then they have a seat. Yeah, well, they're, they're starting to get to that age where they're a bit difficult to buy for. Yeah. Because it's like, man, what do you get this kid? No idea. So, and then you get it and they're like, oh, What surprises you about them the most? Oh, I just think how, um, how balanced they are. I think they're a lot more balanced than I was growing up. Um, and they're a lot more stable in themselves than I would have been. Secure as well. Yeah. I mean, they have their moments, definitely. But my kids are... I wouldn't wish for any other kids. They're, just, they're really good. They have definitely have their moments, don't they? There's no doubt about that. I think I've 
nearly lost my faith a few times just dealing with my children but <laughs> but for the most part they're amazing so and just seeing uh, so who's more grounded is it you or your wife i don't know i'd, I'd probably say we're both pretty grounded i'd, I'd say she, i'd say belinda is probably more grounded than i mm-hmm. um i think she's just got a very level head i can be very hot or very cold yeah yeah um so she's like somebody once said you're like fire and she's like ice <laughs> um, she's definitely not icy no 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 but she balances me out there's no yeah. doubt about that so it's, it's interesting how God puts us together oh mate she's there's one thing I know there's the there's you know there's the will of God in a generic sense and then yeah. there's the perfect will of God if there's such a thing and she is that so and that I know without a doubt so I'm I'm a very a very blessed man to have her in my world that's beautiful so you are and uh, we've had her share at one of our morning, late, uh, ladies' morning tea, and she was fantastic. Just so natural and real and raw, and the girls just loved her. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And obviously we had her dad here, your father-in-law, David mm. Rossiter, yeah. in the early chapters of, of this show. And uh, he's a wonderful man of God as well. He's a good what a legacy. He's definitely, uh, he def- well, he's definitely uh, shaped aspects of my world and my my faith as well obviously yeah. growing up in the church that he pastored for some for a long time so and producing such beautiful offspring it's it's lovely especially yeah. the one that i get to be with so yeah. i'm very grateful to him yeah. <laughs> unreal so, yeah. so where did it start for you were you born here uh born yeah born in Subi, saint john of god hospital yeah uh, 1975 so AD. Still, yeah yeah <laughs> after jesus um, so no, I'm pretty young. I'm still pretty fresh and young, mate. So they say uh, what 45 is the new 25, mate. That's so right. That's that's it what is. it's at. So Very fresh. Um, but yeah, no, born there. <coughs> um, actually, grew up in Northern, so oh. in the country. So yeah. uh, probably an hour or so out of here. So why did you? Or is that where your parents lived? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That, no, that's where we moved. I think that's where we lived. Mm-hmm. Um, so born here and then they'd moved to the country town because my dad was into teaching mm-hmm. and so he that was his place of you know appointment I guess. allocation that's so and yeah. he taught in Catholic, Catholic school and so we went to the local school there um, was there till you know nearly nine nine years old I think how many siblings I know, oh, I'm like, I know one I'm, of your brothers two of your brothers yeah, actually. I'm one of um, I'm one of seven so seven, seven in total. Seven children. How many boys? Uh, four boys, three girls. All right. We're seven as well. Yeah. Are oh, yeah? Yeah. Five girls and two boys. Oh, wow. Where are you on the, on the, on the, on the last one? I'm the youngest. Are you really? Yeah. You got the, you're the spoiled one. Okay, there you yeah. go, mate. <laughs> no middle syndrome for you no, then. No, 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 I'm right in the middle. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, they say all sorts of things about middle children, but I'm not sure I subscribe. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah. So, some of them were born in Northern? Uh, no, uh, my, I think. Oh, you wanted that long? Three, three were born over in India. Um, so, mum and dad Anglo Indian. Mm-hmm. So, three born there. Um, and then they migrated here and then they moved here and so I, my mum was pregnant when she came over to Australia with me so dad was military mum was a doctor yeah great you know I mean if they stayed they would have really been you know doing significantly well I always wonder why they didn't stay but I think God and his, what city in- uh, they were originally from Bangalore yeah and then grew up I think in Madras so Chennai Chennai I've been to both 
Yeah. Bangalore is beautiful. Yeah, I haven't been there either. Oh, I've only yeah. been to you missed other aspects. I've, I've probably been to the more um, challenging cities in India yeah. rather than the Chennai. Nice. And, yeah, the nice, <laughs> luxurious. I know there's beautiful places there, but um, yeah, I haven't been, haven't had the chance to go to those yet. I'm sure you will. Oh, I'm sure I will in time. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah. No. What's what's your first memory of childhood? Star Wars, mate. It's Star my first Wars. Memory. <laughs> How old you were you? Four or five? Jeez, um, I don't know. Must have been about seven, I reckon. Yeah. So, I, I just remember when because um, we lived in the country, so coming to Perth, cinema. Yeah. So and cinema, toys. cinema. Yeah, toys, all that. So Cinema City was for those of us who have been around that long. The highlight. Yeah, it was like right in the centre of the of the yeah. CBD. Um, you know, massive cinema complex and when you're a seven year old and you walk up these massive flights of stairs it's like mirrors uh, dark lights yeah it's amazing, amazing. popcorn and you walked in you, oh, well, you know there's nothing like that in northern no <laughs> so so we'd always want to come up to Perth so it's an hour and a half drive come up watch that and uh, I think the return of the Jedi had just come out prior to that I'd watch Star Wars on TV and that was still amazing and then we black went, and white no, no, colour, colour, <laughs> not that all. But um, but yeah, we watched um, watched the movies, and we went in, and it was daylight when we went in. I think it was an afternoon, it must yeah. be about four o'clock. So it's a long movie. So you go in at like four, four thirty, come I'm out, and, seven. It's, and it, well, it's dark. Yeah, and and you know, I was like, mate, I'm a, that was a long movie. I'm a I'm a Jedi. Oh, I was I was like I was stoked, and I think that whole quest of story or um you know certain movies i think films films can stories markers you know that's why you're doing this so um, as a kid i think that idea of something bigger and adventurous and um you know something great out of this world calling out it yeah it was was always there um but that just evoked it like Mm. on a massive scale and so i still collect star wars figures now to, you know, Mark for life. Oh, mate, they're, they're loving them. So now, <laughs> now I collect them as collector items, and if they get expensive, then it's beautiful. <laughs> they probably will, but oh, you, they do. You wouldn't sell them. No, I, I, well, it depends, depends, depends. Depends, you know, depends what sort of what sort of markup you're going to get. But um, we can get you delivered from that if you want. Oh no, my mum already tried and it just <laughs> didn't work. You know, so <laughs> she tried with the stick. <laughs> oh yeah, she tried with it. She she actually. She actually got when she came to the Lord. I think she went a little bit extreme and, and literally um, thrashed throughout throughout all my um, my star my original Star Wars figures. And if you were to look at those original Star Wars figures now, they're worth about twenty five thousand dollars. Just four of them. Yeah, but look how well you turned out. Oh, I know, but yeah, I didn't come to the Lord then. I, was like, <laughs> I think I, that made me rebel. So um, <laughs> so yeah, no. So but um, other than that, yeah, no. That was a that was probably one of my early memories um and then you know just growing up in the country letting sheep out of a pen all the way down the main street yeah yeah i was a bit of a mischievous so you, your dad was teaching and what was your mom she was pretty much at home now yeah mum was quite yeah. a few of you now yeah no mum was looking after a lot of us so she mm-hmm. didn't really have that that space um playing footy cricket oh mate i'll oh, probably cricket and a bit of footy but then from there i think we when I was around, like I said, when I was around nine, we moved or ten, we moved up to Perth. Mm-hmm. So left the country, came to the city, just up here actually. Moved to Wanneroo because Dad got another job teaching up here. What school so, did you go to? High school. 
here, Wanneroo. Nice. Well, I used to want to read primary school first and then yeah. and then the high school. So um, they were great. They were great years. Back then, uh, Wanneroo was detached from Perth. I mean, there was a big gap. Wangara was just shaping up, really. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of bush. Yeah. Bushland, a lot of market gardens. And so I don't really think about it now because everything's so populated. But definitely was. You would have been a wealthy man if you had bought a few acres at the back of Wanderoo. It <laughs> would have been great, mate. But <laughs> better, better, better than the, <laughs> the figurines from I was too the young. Star Wars. I was too young, mate. No, the, the, the figurines, are, they're, they're paying off, mate. They keep me company. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what did I, I was going to say? Um, they, yeah, no, Dad, Dad moved up here to teach. And I think that's where, that's where I think for me the coming to the city aspects of life here and influences here changed uh, some of my trajectory quite radically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was, you know, that was, I would have been what, maybe 10, so 11, 12, I think when you're in that sort of age, you, you're trying to figure out where you fit. Yeah. And coming from the country, trying to sort of feel like I had to fit in. Um, and I never ever really sought to be a popular person. That wasn't really a thing for me, I don't think. But <laughs> I was definitely popular with the teachers. Yeah. Were you good or <laughs> no, popular? I didn't, no, I had to get in trouble. Discipline. I was popular with discipline. That's what I was popular for. Um, what got you in trouble the most? Oh, probably talking. Yeah. No, I was pretty... Oh, didn't have a problem in stating my my yes. mind. Yeah. Um, so I, art was probably the other thing that I remember growing up, um, because art and artistic drawing. stuff and drawing, yeah, painting, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I still remember when we were in primary. When I was in primary school, that was another early memory. Sort of going back, and we had to paint like a Santa Claus. All the kids had to paint. I mean, this is pre-primary. Yeah. And. Um, and so I remember painting mine and then I looked at the other pictures next to mine. Yes. So it's an interesting thought. Like supposedly they say, people talk about the self and they say, you don't, you don't know yourself by yourself. You know yourself through the reflection of other people. Sure. And so, or the reflection of other things. And so I'm looking at my painting, looking at the paintings next to me <clears throat> and no word of a lie in my mind, in my little, you know, Seven-year-old mind or five-year-old mind, whatever. I'm like, man, I don't belong here. My painting's way better than everyone else's painting. Yeah. <laughs> now I I thought that in my head, but then the teacher came and reinforced it. So it was some good positive reinforcement. But I was I like art's a gift, and my father was very gifted like that. And he still yeah. does it. He still does it now into his seventies. He still paints. He still oh. draws. He still gets joy out of doing all that sort of stuff. Me, I move more into digital art and creation, and so I can still do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't probably do it as much as I would have done in the past. Yeah. So in primary school, I'd draw pictures and sell them and make a business out of it and put it in my tray. What would you sell? What pictures anything, of what? Anything. If they asked me to draw anything, I'd just draw it. Okay. So nice. they'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. I'll give you 50 cents. Yeah, 50 dollar. cents, dollar, two dollars. So it's beautiful, mate. I'd, yeah. Lots of gold coins in that, in that tray. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> so I was probably hustling very young. So an entrepreneur from the beginning. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know about entrepreneur, but definitely have that sort of mind for that stuff. And Teenage years, quite challenging. Teenage years, um, 
Booze, girls, drugs, nothing? All of it, yeah. All of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely went down that route. Um, from, uh, I think it would have been around 11 years old. So I think not necessarily feeling at home in my own skin in the friendships that I had coming from a, a, a migrant background, even though I didn't see it like that. Yeah, because like, you grew up here. I was here. You were an Aussie. But they you didn't know, see you as an Aussie, did they? No, there was there was elements of that. I didn't. I wouldn't suggest that I'd experienced you know massive amounts of racism like that. Like, not just fitting in was. Yeah, just that sense of belonging and connection. So, um, and even though I had an element of popularity, I think there was always a part of me that didn't feel like I fit. Um, and then I think as you do that, you you can migrate because belonging is a big part of you know the human experience you want to connect you want to yeah. belong to people so i think for me I, I just found that the way that i did that was through drugs and i was you know my, my parents their their upbringing good people you know they love god but they're flawed and they made mistakes and i couldn't reconcile those contradictions in my parents relationship and their view of god and and what i were they christians by that stage mm, oh yeah very much so so and they were serving in the church and so they were bible believing from what age oh i don't know like probably i reckon quite young actually so them. they were christians so yeah. you grew up in a in a christian household oh yeah i was around that space so um so being in that um didn't necessarily mean that it it um it uh, married over like for me i think the like i said the way mum and dad were at home and with other people, you know, just some of it didn't line up. Yeah. And I think because of the way I'm wired mm -hmm. and a strong, probably a strong bent towards justice and just, you know, certain ways of thinking, I just, I couldn't reconcile. If this is, if this is how God is and this is what you, re you represent him and, yeah. and you don't marry up to what's in the Bible, in the scriptures or, or what I understood to be to be then I'm going to struggle with that and so I just I literally from probably from 12 I just like oh well I don't believe in this stuff this stuff doesn't this is this ain't real this isn't um, this is for idiots and you know yeah. you name it like every expletive I could possibly imagine I didn't care about the church that was a, a redundant dead organization to me and everything that was with it or in it or around it didn't matter to me either and including like the idea that there is a God or someone that's there that's that's bigger. And I thought, well, where are you? Yeah. You know, and I, which is funny because I, I still remember, I didn't believe in him, but I'd go out the back and curse him for everything that was happening, going on in my world if it was, if I didn't like it. So I was like, I'm cursing someone I don't believe in. That's a bit odd. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but he's got a good sense of humor, the Lord. He knows how to get you. So I still find it ironic. Man, I'm talking about the, you know, God all the time, yeah, and and uh, Jesus all the time to different people. So it's funny that I used to, you know, I don't believe in you, but now I'm gonna, you know, I used to curse him, and then ended up leading worship in our church, and yeah. You know, so did, did the parents uh, in your teenage years, while you were in your state of ignorance, let's mm. call it, how <laughs> Rebellion, how yeah. were they uh, taking it? They weren't taking it very well, were they? No, I look. I, I mean, definitely, Dad didn't. Um, you know, and we had a lot of a lot of uh, strain on our relationship, and that a lot of that was due to the fact that 
you know, the way I was behaving. I was just not mature enough to see that. Um, but he also didn't necessarily even have the tools, I think, to, to deal with that. I mean, he's a really great teacher, um, but I think, you know, possibly maybe it's just his energy got spent in the classroom and coming home and seven kids. That's a lot of demand. <laughs> like, mate, I've got three and that's enough. Yeah. Uh, to do that with seven and equally be able to give out that much is a lot. Mum, mum was always praying. She was always going to be... Uh, she was a different sort of person, um, not perfect. Um, and Dad had his moments, you know. Yeah. But I think, yeah, they they did struggle. And but I look back at it now, and I go, like I said, seven kids, um, you know, one person working, managing mortgages, you know, just the strain of life. Yeah, um, can take out the best of people and they were serving active in the church yeah doing, you know did i use them incredibly in renewal in the anglican church and stuff and i remember seeing all and hearing all this yeah. stuff so i didn't want to have anything to do with it at that time so you wouldn't even go to church you know? oh i know we went we had to go yeah yeah we drive try every way i could get out of it yeah but uh for the most part like i didn't care i didn't i wasn't tuning in i wasn't even listening like, there were no smartphones, know. otherwise you would have been... No, I, I think I used to... I don't even know what I did. I think half the time I probably used to fall asleep. It's the Anglican Church down the road here, actually. <laughs> still so, there. Yeah, it's, it is still there. It is yeah. still there. And so, um, yeah, I didn't... I didn't um, I, there's just no... There's nothing... There's no There's no power there for So when, when you were going out with your mates, having a drink or, you know, would you hide it from your parents? Oh yeah, like they, they knew. Eventually, they realised. Um, so, I think by the time I was around twelve, I was binge drinking every weekend. You know, um, into pretty much every sort of opportunity to to get high or wasted or um, inebriated. Yeah. Um, as I possibly could, I think partially to mask aspects of my own pain or or feelings of of that lack of connection or you know areas of you know confidence so you'd mask it yeah Yeah. i think a lot of the time that's what that is it's they're all big huge masks and so um definitely hit it (laughs) didn't hide it very well because i used to stumble into the house um and my mum and dad knew of course they they, they were aware they would smell you wouldn't they oh mate they like (laughs) they didn't have to smokes everything just small fall straight through the door you know it's just um still remember just different moments of absolutely not knowing where I've been and had to ring people and find out and so quite a violent kid um pretty angry um you know I wouldn't didn't get much in trouble did I with the law oh yeah totally yeah 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 heap yeah arrested uh yeah all that (laughs) definitely we were good friends, me and, I, me and the police uh, and the detectives. <laughs> if they saw me walking down the street on a Friday, they'd pull over and uh, ask me what I was doing all the time. You know, I used to love it when I, when I wasn't doing anything because yeah. I could be really cheeky. But, um, you know, they had no problem in hassling me out. So, um, and then, yeah, ended up, ended up getting caught for a lot of, um, uh, a lot of, lot of criminal activity. Uh, when I was, I think I was about 16 or 17. Theft or? Yeah, yeah, all, all of it, yeah. Um, like a lot of stuff. And 
and then um, the detectives who picked me up that morning from my house yeah um, the one of them was Christian and I thought god dang it even the cops are Christians oh man what sort of conspiracy is this <laughs> like, literally like I mean I'd have people just pop up during <laughs> like I still remember one guy just and you know the people's people's boldness out there their Christian witness matters you know, yeah. for anyone who's maybe listening to this sort of stuff just don't underestimate the power of that yeah. um, I remember a, a little lady small little lady she didn't look like anything to me and I wouldn't have paid wouldn't have given her the time of day but she she didn't care she just walked straight up bold as brass I still remember I was just down in Greenwood trying to catch tr- catch a bus yeah on Friday um, and uh, she goes young man I was like oh <laughs> and then she said the Lord cares for you and I thought I don't want to hear this I, I did I, I said I'm trying to go out and get hammered <laughs> I don't want to hear about the Lord caring for me but thank you very much I said the, yeah that's awesome my mum would like that my mum would be totally into that <laughs> hey but, your uh, mum told me to come here and say that yeah, to you. I, you know and she just she didn't she sort of persisted one more time and, and then I said thanks very much I, it wasn't rude to her um, but that those words just stuck in my head and I saw that lady two years later in church nice and then she she didn't remember me but I remember her and she cried when I told her um, and then there was another guy he just walked up to her. there's a whole bunch of us all seated on a wall we're all smoking we're yelling our heads off we're completely inebriated and you talk about boldness I still remember this kid and he just walked straight up to me he goes do you guys know Jesus Mate, you could have heard a pin drop out of that group. And these are all your rough, really rough people in that area at the time. Yeah. And for someone to come up and do that to us, we would have belted the hell out of him. This kid didn't. No one touched him. Yeah. And um, and in fact, <laughs> some of my friends jumped up. It was like, I didn't know it then, but I think they were having a manifestation and the devils in them didn't like it. One of them literally jumped up and ran up the road. The other one ran all the way in the shops. They were freaking out. Whoa. Um, So, you know, I'm sitting there going, flip. (laughs) You know, I can't get away from all these Jesus people. So, and then the, you know, the policeman was the other one. So there was, and then just all the time, it just seemed to be this, thread of individuals and, I, and that I think is definitely the prayers of my parents there's no doubt about that yeah so so in the back of your mind you always knew well, in the back of my mind I, I, I mean you're trying to shut it off obviously but yeah I, I don't know I knew I definitely I, I think I was aware of, of the fact that there might be I mean I was aware of the stories because we we, yeah. were, we were around church I didn't necessarily believe them yeah but definitely had an awareness of of you know, spirituality well the scripture and, and, and stuff like that I think um, you know I was according to my mum I'd nearly died at birth excuse me so before I was even born I nearly died um, and she she was told and instructed from what I understand to abort the baby because it could have caused her to die yeah and the nurse that was there at the time said, "No, no, no! You need to have, you need to have this child. If you don't, if you don't want to keep them, I will keep the child." Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
I, I can't verify that because I wasn't there, but that's what my mum said. So, and then that scripture, it says, you know, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. Sure. Um, and so I still remember God speaking that to me. Um, geez, nearly 18 years ago now. And mm. I was in the cinemas. I was watching a movie with my wife. And I remember that that scripture, but it was like being spoken to from from God just said you know before you were conceived in your mother's womb I knew you and I called you to you know be a whatever to to the to the church or to people or whatever and I was like and that was a that was a defining moment yeah so oh yes you know that was a that was a journey but and then at 17 um, that's where the penny dropped that's when I got into, like I said, I got a stack of trouble. Yeah. Detectives caught me. The detective, interestingly enough, um, said, we'll get you to do community service in a church. I thought, yeah, way better than picking up rubbish on the street, mate. Yeah. I'll go there. Um, and went to Whitford's Church of Christ, which is now True North. Yeah. And one of the pastors there, Barry Thickerson, so he's a beautiful man. Um, and he was preaching, old fella. And I thought, mate, you're not going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember that Friday, just feeling a crack in the in the heart, and and, and uh, like a little bit of water, you know, in the in my eye. I was like, "Get back in there, tear." <laughs> I was like, you know, and then the next Friday, it was a little bit more, and I could feel something, but I didn't want to admit it. Sure. And then that third time, it was like just one little I still remember it sounds really dramatic but it was it was just like one stream of, of, of no no just one tear just streaming down my face <clears throat> and it was that moment that juncture there was like okay here's a crack yeah and I, I recognised something crack yes um, and but it took another three years before I totally would give it over yeah um, you know I'm pretty stubborn and then that was that was when um, my uncle, funnily enough, I'd run out of money for drugs, you know, ran out of money for alcohol, and this was a miracle because I my uncle was nerdy, yeah, like my uncle Irving, not my other uncle, but he um, he asked me to come to church and he lied like a dog, you know, so it was one of those bait and switch. Now come, there's a concert, it's a youth concert. It's a youth concert, it's a flipping gospel outreach. Yeah. It's a youth alive concert. So, yeah. you know, they use all the gimmicks and all the lights and stuff. And, but for me to even say yes was miraculous because I didn't care. I was like, mate, I didn't want to have anything to do with him yeah. because I knew what he was about. Yeah. So I was off, like, oh, my guard must have been completely down. God must have waited and literally got you. And, but the first thing that happened is I walked into a, uh, room and in the room is a cop who nearly blew my friend's head off and I'm like no effing way I'm not going in here like this guy. Is this guy and then he walked out and I managed to calm us down and and then I you know I said oh, I'll go I went with my cousin and she drove and took me to the church service and well the, the youth outreach whatever yeah. you and that was it and so we're in the um in uh Riverview, Raymer. Yeah. Riverview now. And uh, Wayne Alcorn, actually, mm-hmm. who's now the president of the ACC or whatever. Yeah. He was preaching. Can't remember a word he said. 
Yeah. Other than a stupid boot that didn't fit him. <laughs> like, they don't remember him talking about anything else. But it wasn't what he said. It was the presence. It was the worship. When yeah. The, when the kids all began to sing, they played the Jeff Bullock's old song. Like this is when the Hillsong was sort of just coming into a place of its prime. Yes. Right in its early days, and Jeff Bullock was writing all these songs, and the Power of Your Love came on, right? So I don't know what all this stuff's about. I have no idea. I'm sitting at the back minding my own business and really I'm looking for drugs alcohol and girls nothing yeah. is there of that nature yeah. so you should never go to a church for those things and um, <laughs> it was a bad call but I went anyway they're they're all singing and just all of a sudden like it was like seeing my whole 17 years of life flash in front of my eyes um, and just all of the all the shame and the guilt and the, the things I've done wrong and cause I've done a lot of bad stuff yeah to people you know to my family and just saw it through but it was it wasn't like looking at it from my eyes my perspective yeah it was like looking at it from from God's mm. and I could see it for what it was and then and then I just I, like I just began to fucking sob. I mean, I'm, I mean, when I'm talking about self, I mean really self. Yeah. And I wouldn't cry for people. Mm. And the people, the people I hung around and the, the places that I was with, if you cry, that's, that's just absolute weakness. You're going to yeah. get a hammering. Yeah. Uh, and people will exploit it. Mm. So I didn't, I wouldn't do that. If I did, I would only ever be behind closed doors. But in front of people, you could crack my arm off, I wouldn't cry for you. Yeah. Um, you know, and I still remember... All of a sudden, it was just like I just burst, and and began to just sob and sob and sob. And what I felt as I'm as I'm feeling that yeah. and seeing that, what I what I what I felt was not just conviction. What I felt was compassion. Like, and I mean, like love, love, unbelievable love, mm. unconditional love, love that just is out of this world. Mm-hmm. Never felt anything like it in my life. Um, you know, better than any drugs, better than any anything else that I'd ever encountered, just washing over me over and over and over and over again, just just hitting me like yeah. like waves. And then I heard a voice speak to me, and the voice said to me, "I love you as you are. Now come." Mm. And at that point, I couldn't even talk. I mean, and I'm trembling. I'm shaken. Yeah, like you know, like I couldn't even mimic that. Yep. that uh, experienced you like so my whole body my entire being from head to toe is just trembling under this power yeah and I'm up the back and I sure as heck wasn't looking for that mm. um, in that verse that Jesus says you didn't you didn't choose me I chose you um, yeah. and so I know what that means because I was not looking for him at all he definitely grabbed me and that was that was it so I'm shaking shaking and then you know my eyes are wide open and can see I saw like black liquid come out of my body out of my chest wow. onto my onto my body down my legs all the way down to my feet and onto the floor and just move away from me yeah um, and that was it I'm still sobbing mate I'm still I'm I'm a wreck Mm. And um, and I just all I knew is I said, if this is you, Jesus, if this is who you are, yeah, then you got me. 
I mean, um, I couldn't say the sinner's prayer, so I'm not even sure if I'm actually a Christian or not, bro. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say no sinner's prayer, mate. I don't remember doing that, but I do remember that encounter. Um, and then I think from that point, I had to yank someone to come down the front, and I was still sobbing the whole way through. Um, and then from that point till now, it's been a quest yeah. to, I think, know the living Jesus, to experience him, to walk with him, to, to encounter what the scriptures talk about and not just mm. to read it. Um, I'm not satisfied with, you know, status quo Christianity. It bores the life out of me. Um, yeah. You know, I want to I want to live for something dynamic, and Jesus is as dynamic as it comes. So, and and that was one thing I actually said. I remember saying it. So he definitely he definitely met me where I was at. I said, if you're real, my mum used to say, be hot or cold, don't be yeah. lukewarm. I'll spew you out your out my mouth, you know. And so that scripture I still remember. And I said, well, I'll be cold. <laughs> um, but if I come to Jesus, I'll come with my whole heart, or I'm not coming at all. Yeah, that was what I said. And um, and I said, if 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 I know I know what I get when I drink, I know what I get when I put that needle in my arm. I know what I yeah. get if I do this or smoke this and do this stuff. And if you can't be that real, I don't want any of it. Yeah. And so that's where he definitely turned up um, in a real way. And so he cleansed you. You went yeah. cold turkey. <clears throat> yeah, just like it was like an instant thing. Like whoa. Um, for me, I think. But, you know, your mind doesn't get renewed. And so sure. there was still a, a wrestling of wanting to go back to stuff that you used to because that's habit. It's behavior. It's um, and so your mind's not renewed. Your heart's new. Yeah. Your spirit feels new. And I definitely didn't feel like I was the the same person. Mm. It's funny, actually, because I'm talking to you now. So I can feel my own spirit shake. Yeah. Um, so the same sensation that I felt when I came to Christ is the same sensation that happens in me. Yes. Um, when I'm talking Shame about it. this stuff. Yeah. So, so that, um, yeah, like it took me a, a little while, and I remember going back, and you know, I'm, I'm doing things that I used to do because I didn't know any better. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to smoke drugs, and the drugs aren't working. And then I keep talking about Jesus, yeah. and it irritate the life out of my friends, probably because they had some devils going on. And yeah. then I used to, st- then I started to see things on them and see things around them. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, mate. Just after a while, it just you know I remember having a really a good, a lot of supernatural encounters and and just demonic ones as well. And where I, then I remembered you know God saying you don't belong here no more, and uh, you know he just. That was it. And so what church did you go to after that? Or you oh, I was at, I was at um, uh, David's church. So that was the church I went to. David Ross is my father-in-law's okay. church. So he wasn't my father-in-law. Where was he? In, Just here. In Dunkirk? Uh, no, they were here in um, Mangara. Okay. So that was the first church that I went to. And my uncle, who took me to that service, and, yeah. and other people had, you know, were going there at the time. So... So you, you you went to youth and uh, yeah uh, I don't know if they, I don't know if they had a youth group then I can't remember so but, you would have been about twenty twenty one by now no no I was I was seven I was seventeen at that point yeah um, missed um, being incarcerated by the skin of my teeth 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> pretty close, mate. Probably should have been dead in the grave. But then, um, yeah, and then from 18, 19, went to the church and and um, I think I always knew that there was a like a calling um, in my life and on my world. And it sort of started with worship and then the, the thing of prophecy started to come out, which was funny. That was weird. Because I, um, I remember seeing that when we went to church, to a Pentecostal church as a kid and thought, yeah. what the heck is that? That's yeah, weird. Yeah. You know, this lady gets up and used to pray in tongues. Tongue. Oh, yeah, she'd weep and pray in tongues. It was really dramatic. And and then she said, thus says the Lord. And, and, and it was probably really good, but like we were kids underneath the... Thing. but what was really weird is when that first time I, I felt that that sensation or that gift operate in me um, I, I didn't know what to do yeah I just felt like I was going to throw up I thought yeah. I could feel something in me wanting to come out yeah <laughs> I knew it was God I, yeah. this was a different to, yeah. to and I'm like man what is this is oh and no one you know I didn't ask anybody I was like Oh, this is must be what that woman used to do. Is this prophecy? Is this what this thing is? Yeah. So I'm literally just, I just like my eyes, eyes went for it. I just went, oh, I just like yelled out in tongues. Yeah. And um, had no idea. I mean, I was still smoking cigarettes at that point. <laughs> so don't ever let the, you know, don't ever let someone tell you the gifts can't operate in your world, no matter how um, new to faith you are. And so they are like, and I'm like thinking, what the heck? And then the pastor interpreted it. Yeah, and I was like, "Yes!" I didn't listen to the interpretation. I didn't care. I was like, "That was awesome." I don't know what that was, but that was that was Let's sick. See it again. And then and it and it did. It would literally, nearly just every time coming into a service, it would you know that happened again. Yeah. Uh, you know the next service, the same deal. It's like it's like oh, okay, cool, and did it again. And then third time, I'm just talking here, but like the third time, like uh, it happened, but I did it, and no one interpreted. Yeah. And when that happened. I said, um, now I sort of look back on it and I think, you know, I'm pretty sure God probably wanted me to interpret. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't really understand fully. And I said, I still remember, there's some things you sort of look back and I don't think the Lord would hold it against me, but I said, Lord, if you want to talk to me, yeah, then talk to me by dictation. Give it to me in English, word for word, like a writer so I can write it down. Yeah. And ever since then, that's the way he's given it to you. Wow. It's like hearing a voice talking to me when I'm asleep mm-hmm. or I'm in a meeting. You know, it's very plain. Yeah. Like it's just like I literally just like having somebody stand there next to me and... You just utter it and write it down. Or... Yeah. So, um, and, and imagery and visual. So it's yeah, because I'm that way inclined. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's been a funny journey, man. So... When did you meet Belinda? Oh, I met her in the church. So she was obviously the pastor's daughter. So I didn't have any feelings for Belle until she must have been 16 at that point. So I never really had any inclination or any thoughts towards her. I think, you know, the whole time I'm praying, God, I don't want to stuff up relationships. So, you know, whoever that person is meant to be in my life, tell them. Yeah, I think people used to think I was going to be a priest, mate. I was like, nah, no way. I'm a hot-blooded man. I, I need a woman. Yeah, but um, but I didn't want to stuff it. 
So I prayed for seven years, mate. It was a crazy, that's crazy, and trying to keep my head above water and all that. But um, yeah, met met Bell. Like they used to have pizza nights at their house, and and then I, I'd go over because free pizza, you know. Yeah, as you do. As a man, as a young man, it's beautiful, mate. And um, and there was a guy that used to fix computers, so I'd sort of kill two birds with one stone because you know, so my computer was stuffing up. I'd get them to fix it, and then I'd eat the pizza. It was great, but um, what started to happen is then I started to have all these emotions and feelings towards Belle, and she's like five years younger than I am. Yeah. Um, and in my head, I'm like, what the, f- what's going on, mate? Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm, Lord, cast that devil of lust out, Jesus. <laughs> it's like, but then she, she in, in what I didn't know, and we found out later, is that she was having similar feelings and thoughts towards me. Now, we hadn't spoken yeah and so it was a funny funny gig but <clears throat> when she was i asked her I, we i asked her to go out met her you know we with it was with her for four weeks and then proposed uh-huh like i knew you were you made up your mind i knew i like i had like for me i was like i said god if you were to talk to me and he did he said she's my perfect will for your life yeah um never forget it i was having a shower at the time when he said it yeah and um God likes talking in showers, by the way. Um, and it's good noise cancellation. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. No, you know, no Bose headphones, mate. Just pure water. And um, just yeah. So anyway, that was it. That was that was the thing. And then all and this just, uh, rush of feelings came in, and I spoke to her dad and that, and you know, and he, he was alright with it. Yeah, he was actually. I think he was pretty pretty touched actually at that point. I'd been in the church for a while, so I'd been serving in the church and been yeah. leading and led youth and you know preach and led worship yeah. and done a whole bunch of stuff and Belle used to look at me on the on the stage and worship when I would be worship when she should be worshiping the Lord but she was looking at me and you know I had to sort of yeah. dull, dull down my awesomeness <laughs> no, I'm just- <laughs> I'm only kidding around, but she. But I do laugh at her. I stir her up about it. You know, I think she. I remember she, her her saying she goes, "See, Mark looks good today," and oh, we. I still laugh about it now, mate. Yeah. cracks me up but but yeah that was um that was that but they were good they were good with it um some ways i think her mum my mother-in-law she encouraged it um and yeah so i proposed to her how did you propose oh we were just out the front of her house yeah it's under this little balladura tree yeah. it was beautiful mate didn't have a ring didn't have jackal <laughs> to my name but i didn't care mum used to, my mum used to say what are you gonna live on love and fresh air it's like I think I'll, I can make it work, Mum. Yeah, you know, and uh, but we're still together twenty something plus years later. Um, so beautiful. So yeah, so it's been great, um, and she's the best. You know. Yeah. Um, what's that scripture it talks about? If you know, man, you got a good wife, and all the rest <laughs> of it is you know, it's a gift from God. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm living that. I'm yeah. living that verse. I'm living that scripture a lot. Yeah, and uh, so I try not to take that for granted because there's a lot of broken stuff out there in the world that I do. And you've given a lot back through Alpha, uh, not Alpha, Alter One, Alter One. Sorry. Yeah, so Alter One started out of the church that I was part of. Yeah. Um, and that was us actually. Um, wasn't me who started. It was actually a the pastor, my pastor at yeah. the time, and. Paul Trinder, Garfield yeah. Thompson, and a gentleman by the name of Peter Havel, who was the principal. Garfield's a psychologist, and they were all on an interesting trajectory and journey 
asking questions about what they're doing with their world and, and guided, I think, it was bringing their worlds together. Yeah. And us as a church was asking, you know, well, what's the church really about? And, you know, why are we here? And um, if it's not for, you know, the, the community and yeah, you know, it's not just enough to have Sunday morning and that's it. You know, we had a great service, you know, we yeah. had like heaps of, you know, like 300 or more people at a time. The services were great. Mm. But it wasn't about that. It was more about, you know, what are we going to do? And, and it was a real challenge, I think, from God. You know, he said, are you willing to let go of all of that to pursue me in some, something else? And now I look back on it, it's like 18 years, nearly 20 years actually this year. And the grace of God that has allowed Alter One's mission to grow. Thousands of thousands over I, I would say probably in the in the estimation of around five and a half to six thousand young people have come through that program and they're and finishing school and they're integrating finishing school in going back integrating into society society going into business going into university you know, education college. we just had two amazing young uh, people come back after you know graduating they're now 25 and their stories were off the grid um, so these kids would not have made it in, no. in the school system. They were actually kicked out, most of them. Um, yeah, and they weren't bad kids. Some of them weren't kicked out. Some of them were just anxious. Some of them were just depressed. Yeah, just couldn't, couldn't just, handle it. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't handle it. The, um, you know, the issues and the social dysfunction at home and just the, all sorts of dynamics. It's not yeah. just one thing, size fits all. There's always sorts of, all sorts of brokenness. But that's why on. you journeyed with each one individually. Yeah, I mean, so, the teachers, that's what yeah. they do. So, so yeah, so I started as a senior chaplain, helped to brand the name mm-hmm. Alter One, and then, um, you know, which is all about that changing of, all, of, a, of a young person's world. And then the rest is history, mate. God just, like, brought people in and churches connected in and... And so we always go through that model of community. Community is a big part of what we do. And uh, that's where I always say to churches, I go, you are a light to, to your yeah. community. If anything, I'd say it even more strongly to say that churches are a prophet to their community. If your voice is not heard in the community, then yep. what are you doing? Yeah. You know, um, you should be a voice into into your community, into your local government, into your local ex- you know people out there. It's not enough to gather on a weekend. Yeah, your church ain't going to grow on a, just because we sing a couple of songs on a Sunday morning. Yeah, and you know that's all great. Yeah, sounds really horrible to say it like yep. that, but for the most part, most people out there don't care. On any given Sunday, there's a big multitude of people who aren't, aren't coming in these doors. Yeah, and they won't. Yeah, and uh, but God didn't. Jesus never said, "Go tell them to come." He said, "Go." You go to them. So you bring it. To I don't them. know why we haven't figured that out yet. But um, going is being sent. Living sent yeah. um, is, I think, the mandate of the church now to mm. live. Uh, you know, we, we talk about apostolic or prophetic movement. Yeah. Uh, living sent is is just that. It's yeah. a, it, that's living apostolically. That's living, uh, you know, with the prophetic edge in your life mm. to live with that way. You want to see the kingdom yeah. manifest itself fully, and get out there. Yeah. Get amongst, get amongst the mess. Get amongst the brokenness. Get amongst um, that sort of stuff. Even the marketplace, the business, you know, marketplace be, be with the people. Mate, I've had guys who are forty years old plus sitting in front of me at breakfast meetings. I haven't said a word yeah. about Jesus, and those people are sobbing. I mean, bawling their guts out, yeah. asking me, "Can you help me find my faith?" Yeah. And, and I haven't said anything. And then I started to share the scriptures. Yeah. I said, is it okay? I'm asking for consent. Yeah. And just, you know, the amount of people that are out there um, who 
I don't think they have an issue with God. I, you know, we've heard this before. I think they definitely have an issue with his followers. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if we can't be real and authentic with people's pain and where people are at, we're never gonna we're never gonna see the stuff that Jesus promised. Yeah. yeah the one thing I definitely know about Jesus is he always was was with the margins he was yeah. always on the fringes yeah. he was yeah. always with the underdog yeah and he didn't care whether you're rich or poor he'd sit with any person yeah. and i think if we can learn to do that i'll quote my my um my spiritual father paul trinder he said we're really good at talking to christians we're not that good at talking to humanity yeah. and we need to get better at doing that yeah. uh, and i think really for me that's been uh, a really big part of my heart yeah and you know it's one thing to to prophesy or to to do certain things within a church context and i'm all for that i believe in building up the the body of christ i love the church but i also know that she's got a function and she's a steward of the kingdom and she's designed to be just that and when she's not stewarding kingdom i think what happens is we fall into all sorts of error and uh, abuses of power and celebrity status christianity yeah. and yeah, a whole bunch of stuff yeah. it just doesn't help us it doesn't help the yeah. church it doesn't help anyone uh and uh, you know i might not be a popular preacher and i could care less like, yeah. popularity is not my it's not That's my fun. calling yeah uh so but i'm happy to tell and you truth. also started an initiative called beyond yeah so beyond beyond started out of a dream actually happened years years ago and uh, funny enough, actually, Russell Sage, I haven't told him, he was in the dream um, at the time. We had him here. Yeah, and he was, like, I was a young man at that point. And basically just, uh, I think that came out of that place. And so beyond sort of mandate is about that. It's about unlocking the, the story of God in every human heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because every person has a divine spark inside their life. It doesn't matter whether they're in the church or out of it. Yeah. I think if they're in the church, it's a little bit easier sometimes. Sometimes it can be a bit harder mm. to pull it out or get them to recognize it. But, but God's got a mandate for every human. Yeah. You know, he's got a calling on every human. Every Absolutely. person carries a unique essence in the world um, to bring kingdom. Yeah. And, you know, you see, I see it all the time. Yeah. You see it in marketplace places. So beyond is about that. Empowering the church to, to, to live into that, but also just empowering everyday people to do that. So, um, And the Prophetic Summit was really just, a, I guess, a, a, a burden or a call I felt from God. I could take you there right now. Um, and when he told us to do it in 2016, this will be the fifth year now, so yeah. maybe it was 2017 or something. But we... We didn't know what we were doing. And God just said to me, he said, I want you to bless the city and build into the city prophetically for the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and I said, anything else? And that was it. He didn't say nothing else. Yeah. He didn't tell me how yeah. or who or, or what. But um, And then the other thing that came sort of with that almost, um, you know, around the same time was go and tell my leaders to let my people go. Hmm. And I thought, Lord, can you like give it to somebody else to go and do that? Um, but for whatever reason, he thought I was dumb enough to answer. So <clears throat> I think just watching um, what beyond is, and I don't know where it will go, but I do know one thing. 
is that it's not a end of a conversation. It's the beginning. It's a catalyst. Yeah. It's not designed to be a, you know, it's a catalyst. And the conversations, and that's the whole purpose, the kingdom purpose would flow out of those yeah. Those moments where people meet relationships, just to ignite form. people, to yeah, people to just connect, to connect and, and, uh, and to propel, to yeah, start I, I, up. I've just watched people, uh, ministry leaders, different people connecting yeah. as a result of that, yeah. And, and so, I always, you know, yeah, got to remind myself that I don't need to be part of where that goes. Yeah, I'm just a catalyst. Yeah, you're just in a. What would you like to be remembered by? What's the legacy you're building for generations to come? <clears throat> it's a big question. Um, uh, I think if there was a legacy to leave, it would be it would be him um, that I represented Jesus well, mm-hmm. um, that I raised my children with integrity, and that they carry. A genuine, authentic relationship with Jesus, and that my marriage and my relationship with my wife is healthy and solid. I don't know if um, I mean, as far as a bigger legacy of of uh, you know, impact in the world. Don't know, mate. Oh, I'd love to say I'd think I'll leave that to him. Yeah, like I'm not. I don't. Uh, you know, I don't think about it like that. I think whether I'm doing stuff where I've had the opportunity in India or in Uganda or whatever, I, I just hope that if anything I could, if there was a legacy, it'd be to inspire the everyday believer to go, I, I can do it too. Yeah. You know, I think know. that's beautiful, inspiring the everyday believer. So Because there's so many believers and people in churches who just feel defeated or they don't think God wants to use them or they think they got nothing to bring and I'm like no way are you kidding me yeah like if you knew if you knew how many times I've stuffed it <laughs> and how dumb and stupid I am and God still is happy to hang around yeah um, uh, you know I think that hopefully that gives hope to to anybody it's like, well you've definitely inspired me and us here at Kingdom Stories from down under we're going to wrap it up thank you so much for sharing your story I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. Inspiring you, the listener, the believer, to go further and to step into the calling that the Lord has for you. Inspiring everyday believers. And you are one of them. And I really pray that this has inspired you. If you love this content, do share it, subscribe to the channel, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and spread the good news. Uh, We will have another story, beautiful story coming up next week and every week. So do come back to this channel. Thank you for watching and thank you for praying for us and supporting this amazing ministry. Lord bless Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.